Attention Pokemon players, you are listening to Triple P, the Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast. On today's episode, Jake is lost. Chuck gets some bad news. And live is unusable at the worst possible time. Chuck, how are we doing today? I am doing all right. Doing all right. Um, uh, enjoying, well, I'm back to work. So I had last week vacation. So uh, getting back in the swing of things, as they say. Um, yes. Yeah, that's about it. Been good. Yeah. How was your, how was your weekend and week? Uh, weekend was good. Um, did some testing uh, with with uh, you know our locals here um, throughout you know the weekend and, and early the week uh, since it was a long week. Um, I've been really back and forth on what deck um, like to play. Um, I'll play you know Lugia for you know five to ten games. It will feel great, and then it will feel trash nowhere in between. Then switch over to like Gardevoir. Um, same thing sets up great. Everything's good and golden. And then I get like four games in a row where it's just like I, I can't set up, um, you know, just bad, bad refinements or just not starting. Um, and then same thing with like Arctina. I was really, really high on Arctina for the last, I don't know, two or three weeks because um, I felt like it kind of uh, really, you know, went into that disruption game. Whereas, um, you know, Path with uh, with with Ionos and Judges had like both. Uh, for early game, late game, um, and it it felt really good again, stopping things, and then it just couldn't set up because it just it feels like there's still quite a few stuff to set up, and we'll talk about that when we go into our breakdown. But um, uh, it just it felt like you know there's too much to get going where you need an Arceus, you need a Tina, you need a you know a barrel to start um, in most games, um, and then also you know your your Arceus may depending on matchup be vulnerable to Oko's. So you might need two up there. Um, so it just feels uh, not as good as I was hoping. Um, so like I said, all three decks at some point, and I put a tweet out there um, this week where it's like, oh, they feel amazing. And then they just are trash. But it was like nowhere in between. Uh, it's been a very kind of frustrating two weeks for me trying to figure out um, the play because I've been like, I've been trying to stick with one thing, but it's been hard when, um, you know, that one thing, and I put ample amount of games in all three of those decks. And, you know, it, it just got a little bit frustrating. I'm still kind of lost, um, uh, you know, what direction I'm going to go in. Um, I have a good feel of what all the decks generally do, like on a high level. Um, and, you know, the roadmap of, of each victory in the in the matchups. It's just a matter of what I'm feeling um, is the play for the time being. I mean, I, a lot of Lost Box games again, against Lost Box. So, um, although I haven't played a lot of Lost Box, personally... In the last, uh, you know, since actually rotation, um, still, you know, feel really comfortable with that kind of deck too. Um, uh, but it, it feels kind of like in the same boat is is Gardevoir, uh, where you know you can have some bad flower selectings, uh, and then really kind of just put your game in <laughs> in a in a bad spot. So uh, back and forth, um, feel a little lost, but overall, you know, still good being able just to hang out, play Pokemon, uh, enjoy family time, and um, and all that good stuff. Yeah, that's good. I, as, as I said before, when you brought it up earlier, like you said in the tweet, just play what, what you, if it still comes down to it, play what is the most comfortable thing to play whenever, like I, uh, whenever it comes down to it. Yeah, and I agree. Like, comfort pick is what you need to do. Um, 
depending on level of play, like a player you are. Although with all these options that I've I brought out uh, and, and adding like certain lost box, uh, you know, decks, I feel like they're all just as comfortable to me. It's just a matter of like, I guess a level of enjoyment, I guess, is probably the next tiebreaker, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. On that one, definitely. definitely. That's what that's what I spent my week trying to figure. Well, I spent most of my week updating everything. But then we had like our local Friday was still because how day evolved wasn't technically legal yet. So I didn't get to try anything new oh. uh, at locals this week. But I spent most of the week and weekend updating all of my decks. Um, gave uh, gave my good old uh, rogue spider uh, spider ops deck a, 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 a <laughs> jaunt on on locals, but uh, yeah, I'm just that's what I'm I'm looking. To, I have like the itch to try new things. Um, a little bit of the itch was not. I was hoping actually uh, to get in today of all days to be able to compete because they opened more spots at NAIC. I they knew did. They were going to be small. I knew it was going to be it uh, real close. I was ready at one o'clock, hitting that refresh just on the phone, but uh, I did not get in. Uh, a couple other people local did so good. Um, that was that was good to hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, I think I might also uh, made a a big error because in in waiting, I I can't seem to find be able to get a spectator pass now either. So. Chuck's in a world uh, of trouble when it comes to getting to NAIC. No, Chuck, <laughs> you need to be there. Now. Oh, no. <laughs> so, uh, and you yeah. didn't register for Go either, huh? Because I know a couple people no, I didn't, uh, I didn't, registered I didn't for register Go just... for Yeah, I, I didn't register for anything like that because, one, it's non-refundable, and I'm not the type of person to register for, for something I'm not actually going to compete in. And when I was actually, like, I literally was going to go register, and then I, like, checked Twitter uh and rk9 was like hey we think we're gonna release more spots and i was like all right i'm gonna wait because none of this stuff is refundable so like i know it's only like 10 bucks and i just should have bought one but uh 10 but yeah oh chuck i would have given you 10 dollars. yeah i don't like throwing money away that's again my it's my money. money though so like, at that point like yeah, i would true. rather you I there mean, would have been your if, if i didn't know that at the point but i also I had checked like for like the last three weeks, like not even three weeks, but like multiple times through the time period. And I was like, oh, uh, they're still available, still available. I can still get one. And then I was, and then I saw, and then I was like, I'm just going to get it. And then I saw that they were offering more seats. And I was like, all right, I'll wait till after that day and I'll just get it that day. I think a lot of people were in the same boat as you and then jumped on it faster. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I, I wanted to do it. When I got home and I was like, I'll just, you know, let me just get my thing. Uh, and it wouldn't let me get it. So I don't know. I'm hoping that no, I can, something will work out, but we'll see. But uh, yeah, I might have, Houston, we have a problem when it comes yes. to NAS for me. Um, it's a little bit of a bummer. I don't, I don't know how you sell out this kind of stuff. I guess I don't know how you Pokemon's like popular, kind of man. It is popular. I just don't, I don't, it is. I, I don't. I don't know how they reach caps. I just, especially that bass. It's crazy. Cap. Like all three waves sold out within you know less than a minute, right? I mean, other than a couple people that got in in like a weird spot where they kind of their spot was reserved, but they, they either way, yeah. um, and then that like even this this fourth wave, you want to call it, 
sold out within like seconds, I think, too. Yeah, and I, it was, I mean, they were pretty upfront saying that there was not a lot. So I was assuming that they would go as fast as they did. Yeah. Um, and I'm not too bummed about that. I mean, it's a little bummed that I didn't get in. I just like, for, for me, I just don't know how, well, not that I, not that I know how they, I mean, it, it is Pokemon. It is u- uber popular. I just don't know how they get a, like a person cap. Like, I don't know why they can't have more people, especially when it comes to spectators, like not players. Like I understand right. the player aspect. I think it's just, you... it's just really on how many people they anticipated. And then like, so they'll, they'll get the venue and that venue only is, you know, uh, legally to have, you know, allowed to have X amount of people depending on the space uh, that they rented out. And so obviously it sounds like they underestimated uh, how many people would you know want to be in the in the tournament in one way or another? So, um, right. I'm super bummed that you're not going to be there. I, it's kind of heartbreaking to me, but uh, we'll uh, you know we'll have to you know move on and hopefully uh, you find a room in. And if not, you know we we uh, we represent you um, with some good play, and then obviously um, hopefully get to get the opportunity to bring some goodies in uh, back for you. Yeah, yeah. Um... I am I'm hoping something will still work out. We still got like I don't know, a week or so. So um we shall see. All right. Um but moving on with some other things that kind of suck. Uh how's yeah. your uh online testing going right now? Oh <laughs> I you, you know me where I'm a I'm not a huge hater on it. I'm not to the level of a lot of these other content creators just completely pooping on it. Um but this week has been rough playing online on uh, Pokemon Trading Card Live. Um, just bugs all over the place that I just can't finish games um, on my opponent's side or my side. So it's just like very incomplete testing. Um, so there, you know, I'll run down a couple of them. Um, and, and these are probably known, um, you know, so all those disruption cards, um, you know, the Spiritombs of the world. Uh, you got even now, now in, <laughs> yeah, in Spirit Today. We have, you know, Empoleon now is banned. Uh, we we have, I, I, I can't even remember all of them at this point, but all the cards that basically say, no, you can't play abilities uh, are banned in one way or another. Uh, so it feels bad because, uh, you know, that's an anticipated, uh, you know, good amount of the, the meta that we might see uh, at NAIC, depending on what deck you're playing. So, um, it feels bad that you can't get reps against it or with it, depending on what you're wanting to play. So overall, not a good look. Um, Pokemon obviously is trying to work on these. They're aware of those bugs. Um, but, you know, there's other bugs out there that are still just like killing the game. Uh, I've had multiple games where myself or my opponent played a level ball or an ultra ball and either weren't allowed to play any Pokemon off of that or you could only like for at least on my end. I don't know about my opponent's ends. Um, but I can only assume this is happening to them too, where like I would play an ultra ball and I want X Pokemon, but I can't grab him for whatever reason. I can grab everything else, but I can't grab that Pokemon out of my deck. And it's just, it's frustrating because again, it's not a true representation of what you're trying to do. Um, and it's not really giving you a feel for the deck, especially if that's the only means of testing that you have. You don't have like a IRL testing group. Thankfully, um, 
you know, uh, you know, I, we have a, a lot of awesome people here and, you know, uh, was able to play um, some test games with, you know, people in real life uh, at my place or at the game shops, um, a lot of conversations back and forth. But, um, you know, that's a that's a pretty big one, too, uh, you know, on both ends for for sure. So, I mean, you don't you obviously you want to win games when you're testing to validate it. But if your opponent literally can't beat you because of a bug um, or doesn't at least give you like a challenge where you have to like think of your prize mapping and, and sequencing and how you need to do that. Um, it's not really a true representation of that of that matchup. So um, there's that one. Um, another one I was playing uh, while trying to test out uh, Gardevoir, like I was saying, I was, I was still on the Collapse Stadiums. I played Collapse Stadium and then my game locked up. I couldn't play a single card after that. <laughs> so again, not a true representation <laughs> of what you can do in the Pokemon trading card game. Yeah, the... The architecture of this game is really coming into a question or is really being tested at the moment with every release of of new cards. And it's it's really getting uh very stressed out and breaking. Just the the like you're saying, it's not it's it's one thing when you've got this slew of six cards or like you know these six major cards that stop you from doing stuff um that are breaking the game but then like so there's that angle but then you're still having like these very benign like moments of uh you know playing ultra ball and then you can't pick the pokemon you want i've seen people post like i've chorused on my first first turn and i can't grab the <laughs> vip pass for whatever right. reason, that's a huge uh, card in that matchup. So it's like that, that is the one time you actually want to pick that one. Yeah, uh, it's just like, uh, yeah, it makes it really hard to be a true testing area. And then when you get to things like they they have to resort to banning things, like they had to resort to banning like Spiritomb and all the fun stuff because, like I said, they had Spiritomb Day, Spiritomb Day because everyone was just like, well this gets you wins. So I'm just going to do this. And they build a stupid deck that just wins because it breaks the game. And then they go from there because that's how you get easy experience and free packs and move up the ladder really quickly. It's just, is dumb and, and just makes people like me who I'm not even, I don't play that much, but because I don't like playing online in general like it was pt same thing it was pt you know you know my feelings on this like it's just i don't like playing things that have an online client like unless it's like a strictly online game right like if you can play the game in real life that's how i want to play oh right i mean and yeah. even going back to pt i've always liked both i've always like i played a ton a ton a ton a ton of ptcgo um you know and then when live switched over i played a fair amount less than um, but you know, still main repositive mostly. Uh, there's like bugs here or there. They fix them. Um, but like for me, I like I said, I love to play online. It's like easy access for me, especially when you know all my testing friends are unavailable, um, and I just can't do it. And then like I don't have motivation to play online at all. I usually will play maybe two to three games instead of like ten to twenty games like through you know through a, a week or something like that. I don't know exactly, but you know what I'm saying. Uh it the the the, the bugs really put a downer on the testing. I don't care if I lose. 
because you know it's obviously I'm trying to learn things. But if I lose just because like I can't play the game and it doesn't, rep- it just basically wastes time, especially in a late, late game. So a game can go 15 minutes, a bug breaks the game, uh, game state where it's still very much in the in the wire for both sides, and then it just crashes. Um, that really just kills my motivation to to want to keep playing this client because it's very frustrating yeah. at that point. That's what, for me, I was only really playing, you know, one, two, maybe three games a night just to um, keep the the juices flowing or, you know, just get, you know, play a game here and there. Uh, but I don't even feel like logging in. At the, like, I don't want to run into a bug. <laughs> right. Even right. though I like generally I as along the same lines as you, I just had very, you know, didn't really see a lot of bugs, didn't really run across it. And if I did, it was just like, eh, oh, well. But uh, it just kills the drive to want to use it as a testing parameter, even though for like and for me, someone I just really enjoy playing IRL to begin with. Anyway, I'd rather test. Right. It, it's I think there's more to learn you. there while like dealing with cards. Um, but with with that being said, even with your testing with your friends or playing like if me, me and you are going to play a game and we really want to talk out our turns, our sequencing, what our path to victory is in X, Y, Z situation. We can't just sit there in a game state and have a conversation about why this plays better versus this play. Um, because we're on a timer. Why can't you just turn the timers off? It's like the yeah. like, there is no use of live for testing. Like literally none. Like none. Yeah. Especially and, with and going into play. Like, going into the literal biggest uh, you know tournament of the year, world like basically, you know, in, at least in the in the Western uh, world. Uh, and you don't you don't have your online client help you for being able to test. I think that's a little bit ridiculous. Uh, it's like <laughs> the worst time for all these things to happen. And I think Azul was right when he, he goes on his rants about, um, you know, with what when every set comes out, a new bug comes in and they're trying to play catch up there. We're in this never ending, uh, you know, loop of, you know, errors or or game bugs that just mess with us. And it doesn't give us motivation to play and it actually doesn't add value to the game that the value is within um you know the the testing portion of it and it's not necessarily in there um for like just the monotonous just like playing solitaire kind of a thing even if you were there for that i mean it's broken for that too so it's it's just like i don't know it's ridiculous and i've always kind of been on the side of the uh, yeah i've always been on the side of live you know but not now. Right now, it's just it's it's infuriating. Even right before we played on the cast, um, I, I played two games. And my my first game, there was a bug, um, uh, with with the ball search thing. Um, and I needed it to get a Lugia out because I was trying Lugia. Um, to try to play level ball, I couldn't grab my Lugia. Okay, I just lose. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, like we could keep ranting about live. I don't want to like really be on a down a down downer for this whole episode so um if it's all right with you um let's go ahead and move on to our next topic yeah let's let's move on to the the real testing with that because our our irl testing is really going to show it's it's me coming into naic the people that can do it with people in person over webcams and things like that um i mean even if you are struggling through live but the the testing is really going to come up because we are going into one of the biggest tournaments, and we get a brand new format, and yeah. our, our 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 easiest testing avenue isn't working. So we got we got all kinds of NAIC testing going on behind closed doors, as they say. 
So what what kind of stuff are we seeing working? All right, so I want to start off. We're going to go through like maybe the f- top five or six decks that people are probably considering. Um, obviously, we might miss one or two, um, you know, niche or more like mid decks. Uh, but I, I want to start off with Lost Box, um, and we'll just call Lost Box in general. I mean, I know there's different versions. There's the Sablezard version that's still um, seeing some play. There's obviously the Turbo version that we saw Caleb do well with, um, with and without Kyogre. Um, and, you know, there, there's a bevy of different options you can play. Um, but just generally, as far as Lost Box, as far as setting up, um, I think a lot of people's sediment going into this tournament uh, or going into this um, into this new meta, um, that it's it's almost like it's not necessarily dead, uh, but it, it gets hurt a lot and gets knocked down a peg because of Iono. Um, and like I said, I haven't played it myself, but I played against it a lot with you know our testing group and a lot of just talking through turns and t- taking the time. And I think the sentiment is that Iono isn't as effective against Lost Box as maybe the general population thought it would be, or at least where I was hearing. Uh, I don't know, Chuck, what do you think about, uh, you know, Lost Box versus Iono, um, first and foremost? Well, um, the thing with Iono, in so it can definitely still, I think it's, I haven't had it been used against me. Let's just say it that at that point i've played a lot of lost box but um resetting your hand like having the hand resetting is not necessarily good for lost box um it's not a great thing but lost box if they get the early turn you know uh, an early turn a little bit of a setup with flower like a few flower like comfies in there and being able to even if you get ionoed early game you're still getting six cards exactly so iono is not really uh it's actually early like not really hurting <laughs> that much uh mm. to it, it's actually hurting less to a lost box than judging them exactly um, because you're going you're getting six cards and there's six fresh cards so and you kind of know where what your hand might be is at the bottom but you can also see a lot of cards um with comfies in general so you can build up your hands pretty quickly even if you get reset now the thing is that you also if it's repetitive then that could be very annoying and you can continuously try and get your combos up going but uh, i think they're, the the decks are just getting a little bit more streamlined in that they're not so comboy uh as well i mean the most popular right. lost box we're seeing is that you know, the turbo we build with like a Dragonite or a Raikou or I agree, yeah. And then the the ogre um to come in for the cleanup at the end, which you um that 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 it's really hard to like cut those off because it's actually to re- requires so little of cards that you need to see that are actually very high counts in the deck, so it's hard to make them go away. So, mm like permanently like not just draw into another one or something like that so it isn't as detrimental um i think the iono will it's always going to play its biggest game biggest factor later in the game but at the same time if you're playing lost box you're most likely ioning yourself down 
to a, a low number of cards as well. And it gets played less and less, I think, at that moment. I mean, so. that, I mean, and, and really good Lost Box players um, will thin their deck in a way, you know, pretty aggressively in the first few turns, where even if it is at that late game stage, where, yeah, you Iono them, let's just say to two or three, um, maybe even just one, um, they've already basically, um, you know, thinned their deck down to a point where they only have a small handful of cards. And then if they have to flower selecting uh, or if they have Colrises still in there, uh, they they the reason it's a reasonable that they'll get out of the Iono, um, you know, in that late game if they sequenced and they and they thin correctly and all that stuff. So um, obviously, I think Lost Box is still a very strong play. Obviously, it does well um, against a bevy of different uh, matchups just because of weakness, because of how efficient it is, um, and all that fun stuff. I know you've seen you know uh, success with it recently too. Um, so I think if you are off of Lost Box just purely because of Iono and, and at least some mind testing, um, I think you're fine. I don't think you have to, re- I mean, you still have to worry about it and, and you do have to think differently about your matchups, but I, I wouldn't say, hey, let this let this card say, hey, this deck is gone. Still, You can still consider it if you are a Lost Box player. Yeah, I think your your biggest consideration now is is sitting sitting at your hand and looking at things and and trying to hide things in your hand or something like that, I think that's your biggest maybe like consideration on whether I put this down early or not. Um, like how how detrimental can it be if I put this down early? Right. Um, be that it might not be in my hand and it, it might not. I mean, how hard is it going to be for me to try and find it again? X Y Z. Um, and thinning uh, thinning to win has always been a thing, uh, but. Like you said, the the quicker you can thin out the 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 not needed things in your deck, the easier it is for you to be able to survive from that. And I, I the biggest thing is that the why I like Lost Box for me is that it's consistent super early. So you just get set up, and then uh, I'm good from there. Like even if you reset my hand, I'm not gonna like it. It's not gonna be a fun time necessarily. Like, but you can overcome all of that continuously. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's move on to the next, and I would just say the most popular version of the deck is Lugia Single Strike. Um, the deck still feels like it's in a pretty good spot as far as you know matchups because it's able to hit those numbers. Um, you can you um, depending on the build. Um, I, mean, I think there's a lot less Drapion, or and and so the fact that there's less Drapion, I think that it opens up the deck that you can play Drapion again to block off other things. If you think a special energy is going to be huge in the, in the meta. Um, again, uh, that's still just a meta call because obviously um, Urshifu is still uh, a huge threat there. Um, but with, with Urshi or with Lugia single strike, I feel like this card is a little bit more affected by Iono uh, than the lost box that we did say. Because uh, I mean, I feel like the matchups outside of Iono um, are still basically the same. Where it's like if you set up faster against Mew, you're in a good spot, but Mew can still just do Mew things. Um, I think that uh, Guard of War can still just hit those big numbers, even though you have um, you know weakness things because you know they're also hitting with the the baby one prizers for the most part. Um, and then you know um, the Chen Pao deck is hitting hard; it hits consistently. Um, but you know those decks. You know, I'll have maybe an, a little bit more of an out to Iono. 
um, when this Lugia does not. Uh, so that late game, especially if you hit with a, um, you know, with a Tyranitar or something like that, and then you lose an urn or something in late game, they Iona you. It's a little bit more, uh, even if you thinned and have a smaller hand, it's a little bit less expectation of you being able just to get out of it um, and find those resources to get like an urn back get the single strike out there depending on matchup again um or just the energy in in general yeah yeah definitely i i think you are you're right in it's a little bit more susceptible to the iono if you get ahead like um i still think the deck relies heavily on on an early game push mm -hmm. uh and kind of snowball um and then it does, it does have tools to co like overcome a lot of hurdles along the way to make that snowball start going down the hill, um, right. which is why it's pretty good. But uh, if you can overcome those, then I think you could be doing pretty well. Uh, but it is a little bit more susceptible because it doesn't necessarily thin as well as some other things to make sure that what you're seeing is things that you want to see. Right. Um, so one other thing I you brought up, is Lugia is that that it very much depends on that first turn and that turn and second turn uh, to really get those Archaeops out there. Um, and I feel like it's still really consistent to be able to do that generally. Um, one card that, you know, a lot of people have considered or tested themselves um, is the Squawk Ability or Squawk Ability uh, to kind of ba basically uh, early Dedenne. Um, and though it's good, sometimes it definitely can hurt you. Sometimes it helps you. Um, I generally feel that two um, two of the uh, Luminions are just better than a 1-1 one, one split. And I think having a 1-2 split is probably too many two prize, or li two prize liabilities out there and hurts your consistency as far as like what you're starting. Um, I mean, I, I still feel like I, it's still a viable card, but I, like if you're leaning... You know which way I still I I would personally say I feel that two fish is just better. That I I haven't tried with the squawkabilly. Um, I in in my head I feel like it's a a good thing. I was all I, I always only liked one fish. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of two fish. Oh but my I also gosh. wasn't a fan of Mizugosa. So uh, I I didn't like giving I'm your more opponent. of a fan. Yeah, I'm more of a fan of of. Uh, fish over Mezagoza, but yeah, you need the second fish. It's yeah. just so good because, uh, like, oftentimes it really comes down to like, hey, you get your fish out on turn two, get a Professor Burnett out there, um, eat away your Archaeops, and you're good to go. Um, the one thing I would say that Squawk Billy is better is if you go first and you don't have a hand, um, you know, like the, if anything to set up and you have him in the in play, whatever. Um, it gives you dig on your first turn when you otherwise really wouldn't. Um, so that's the one advantage over Squawk, Squawk ability. But then also he can very much hurt you because it, uh, in Lugia you play a lot of energies. And if you have to get rid of energies and and, and urns very early just to set up, which, it, yeah, it's helping you set up. Oftentimes you have already run out of your uh, resources. So it's a very much uh, high risk, high reward kind of uh, play there. Yeah, I mean the decks. The deck is a. I wouldn't say necessarily super high risk, but I know um, I'm talking I, about this. I, may, I may have ran a more high risk, high reward because I tried to not benefit other players while playing it. 
which why I why I only had one fish is because you can't really bench two when you start running oh. out of bench space. Oh, that's that's um, that's what the collapse stadium is there for. I you, wasn't you... running those either, so that's why. Well, maybe because you were running the deck just wrong then. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um yeah, that, it's just yeah. It, it is what it is. So uh, I, I it, the um the squawkability can be helpful, but it's not going to make everything. It's not the fix for anything, any one particular thing. Right. Well, not on that deck, but so I want to move to the next deck um, where I can still think, well, Lugia is a solid play. Um, Arctina, um, heavy disruption, Arctina. So, um, you know, heavy count of Judge, a heavy count of Iono, heavy count of Path to the Peak, um, potentially even Spirit Tomb. I know you can't get um, Spirit Tomb in there right now. Uh, because of of lives stuff, but just having all of those plus having uh, the one shot ability with Arctina, um, you know, and the draw ability to get out of you know, Ionos against you um, with with the barrels. Um, there's a lot good going for the deck, um, and Squawk ability is actually really really good uh, for that early game dig uh, to get set up because like that that deck more than uh you know that lugi i think is almost hinged on hey did i get archaeops with the energy down turn one uh especially if you're going to turn two and you need to get a double turbo on there to you know start charging things up so i feel like swalk ability adds a little bit more value in that deck Uh, but the problem with artina is like once you get set up i feel like it has a really good matchup spread against basically anything um where you can kind of shut them down, not let them do things because of the, the path, because of the judge, the Ionos. Um, but my gosh, to get really set up and be a threat, you need so much on the board on your first turn because um, there's so many evolution lines there. You got your Arceus, you got your Barbaro, you got your Garatinas. Um, it just feels like a little too much to ask for a deck to set up, and which is a shame because I really, really like Arceus and what it can bring to the table. Um, and with a Tina, I can give or take Tina, but it does give you that that extra, um, you know, threat to you know, knock out big big Pokemon. So I don't know. I don't know if you have any any thoughts of it about that. If you played it, played against it in the last couple of weeks. Uh, I mean, I've been uh, it's been a hot deck to be played around here. Um, so I played against it a little bit, um, but it comes down to that that early turn. A lot of the time, um, and then um, even if they set up well, if you can just continue to be able to punish the Arctina player, even if if you can withstand the disruption or like you know maybe the path of the peaks don't really turn do anything to you, or or you you don't get I mean judges a lie or Iona you know things like things of that nature don't hurt you as much. If you can weather that, then you might be able to still overcome it, um, because uh, I mean you're essentially looking at three knockouts there, and if you can hit two eighty uh, relatively easy easily, you are KOing those things pretty easily. So yeah, like against Lugia, if you can stop it from using uh, the ability to get the Archaeops out there, I feel like it's great. But if 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 you get if Lugia gets the two out, I feel it's like it's over with. Um, against Mew, uh, Mew has so many outs to it um, because they play so many of themselves to be able to bump it. 
Um, so I feel like it could be a little dangerous there too. Um, Lost Box, Lost Box doesn't really um, care about it. Obviously, I think it's a uh, a better matchup just to forget about Tina in there if you're you know uh, playing against Lost Box and really he- rely on the Arceus, um, and then maybe the healing with some Sharon's care or just like the Ionos or the judges depending on the state of game you're in there. Um, so I, I mean, it does have win cons against all like the big decks. It just, like I said, I feel like that deck, all decks do really rely on their first turn or two. Um, but I feel like that one, if you don't have anything going, like, so with Lugia, you can maybe afford to miss it because your your high-end damage is there. Um, with Lost Box, you can afford to miss it because, I mean, you're one prizers and you can kind of get that engine back up potentially in the next turn. Um, but if you, don't, if, if you don't hit with Arceus or don't set up with Arceus, uh, turn one, you don't hit hard enough to really put enough pressure on your opponent at that point. So there's no real comeback, um, especially if you don't have double, um, you know, or two, two, uh, you know, attackers out there ready to go. I don't know. Um, especially, especially since it's a definitely a deck that you have to go Arceus first. Yeah, your your Arceus is definitely your frontline warrior first to get Giratina to be able to be really used. Um, in general, it's not it's not it not really easily like done where you're just like, oh, let me just attach, attach, attach to Giratina and I'm off and running. It doesn't it doesn't do that well. Right. So, yeah, if, if Giratina's by itself and, and and hidden, you better hope you had a lot of energy already set up at that point because it's going to run out of energy really, really quick. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, I think that's enough about Artina. There's a couple more I want to talk about. Um, and let's jump down to the next one. And I think. Um, you know, everybody's really high on this deck, and I think for a good reason. Um, uh, but that would be Gardevoir. Um, obviously, the upsides of Gardevoir is you know, it has a lot of um prize mapping where you can play single prizes, you can play multi prizes, you can hit for big or small. Um, it's pretty consistent once you get those refinements up and running. I think the addition of you know, Super Rod, um, and Iono in general for early late games um, are pretty good because you can get out of Iona's pretty good with uh, refinements. Uh, so even if you're refining, if you're owning yourself to lower hands, you're still probably just getting back out of it. Um, like I said, it, it hits relevant numbers um, pretty easily, especially with the, uh, what was it? The reversal energy really, really helps uh, the baby Gardevoirs out as far as hitting uh, for, for big damage uh, because that's, that's 90 extra damage for just a physical attack plus whatever, um, you use for your uh, shining arcanas, but whatever you use for Gardevoir's ability. Um, the problem there is it feels like at least early game, it doesn't set up quite as easy as like Lost Box because um, you're needing those refinements um, that you don't get to do turn one. So with like Lost Box, you get flower selecting, flower selecting, basic Pokemon flower selecting switch, which, um, and then you get your your um, Greninja out there, and then you can hit at least put pressure on. It seems like it takes yeah. a little bit for Gardevoir to rev up, but once it does, it just it's it's really good. That's the that's the big difference is that um like I, I don't know how to kind of like to say it like the the lost box kind of comes out and then you you see the cards like you said with the flower selection and then you hit with Cramorants and you kind of start advancing your game forward because that damage will hopefully be relevant later whether you you know two tapping for a knockout or sableying on top of that later. 
but Gardevoir doesn't. You got to pull the string on the lawnmower a few times before and, <laughs> and before it starts revving, and then it just starts. It just starts hitting things. Yeah, but by the time you start hitting things, your shoulders already hurt and your back hurts. You're like, I'm yeah. over this. Uh, it's just too hot. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, the bag's full. You gotta stop and un- un- uh, empty it. No, it's just yeah that that it's it it can be a little bit um, slower in the fact that it doesn't. It's it's past the point where it can you know come back and trade effectively. I mean, yes and no. Again, I think it. You know, the, the super rod is very thing. huge for it. Uh, you don't need to use a supporter uh, to, you know, get those Pokemon and those energies back, those resources back that you're so dearly needing. Um, the Like I said, the reversal energy is so big for that, like, that damage buff. If you if you do take a Pokemon loss early, um, you know, you're behind on prizes. If it's, like a, if it's like a Lugia or an Arceus that takes out knockout on, like, a Mew out there, um, if you pop off a little bit and you've already had like an attached energy you could get that reversal out there um and really kind of get it going um and, and hit for huge numbers for a response ko pretty easily um again it's just do, do you rev the engine up fast enough to be able to to respond are you f- too far behind or are you are you gonna like be kind of spring ahead it's definitely a come from behind deck i feel yeah yeah you're um, definitely gonna take Take a little bit of the prizes. Uh, take a, take a couple prizes against you early to get that set up, and it depends. And sometimes it also depends on what they're what they're taking on those prizes. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you don't see the super rods or something like that, and you're you're now already down a couple Raltzes or Krillias or something like that. So if they're styming your way to draw, yeah, and yeah, and if you you turn one, get one Raltz down, and somehow you lose it. Um, you're a little bit in trouble because you're already <laughs> another turn behind. So then you have to set up more Raltzes. So then you're probably going to lose a, a second prize before you do anything. Um, and at that point, are you too far behind? I don't know. You know, so uh, time will tell. But I think that de- the deck is definitely more solid with the addition of the cards that we just talked about. Um, and it's matchups. Again, I don't think there's any like hard loss matchups um, in there as far as like the top end decks um overall it's just a matter of you know are you able to sequence and and find that path to victory um it's maybe a little bit more higher higher skill um but like I, we've said before higher skill um yeah you know it, it just favors gives you more options against more different decks uh to get to get out but it maybe is a little harder to to control um overall all right, uh, there's two more decks that we will need to talk about. Um, I think just as far as like that's in the mainstay of the public eye. Um, and the next one will be old Mew. Something new. Yeah, no, no, we're <laughs> something old. Something go we're gonna start with the something old. Um, everybody thinks you know this deck this deck's gonna die. Um, you know, it had a really good run uh before Paldea Evolved came in. Uh then everybody's like, Yeah, Spirit Tomb just kills it. It already had to deal with Path, it already had to deal with Drapion. It doesn't care. Um, Spear Tomb comes in and doesn't stop it in Japan, right? Uh, Mew just took took home another uh, tournament, and Spear Tomb was in there in the finals. I'm sure you saw plenty of Spear Tombs within like day, you know, in the, in, within the field. Um, maybe not the answer everybody thought it was uh, just to kill Mew. <laughs> the deck, <laughs> the boy who <laughs> lived, the, the deck that I've just said it before. I don't think Spear Tomb, Spear Tomb is definitely not the the nail in the coffin. There's plenty of nails trying to get through this coffin that is not 
it's not keeping it shut. So um, you is the peak rom of of this this hundred uh, percent shield era. Um, I mean, the, the one thing I would say with Spear Tomb is it's forced Mew to go back to single strike. I don't think you can play straight the DTE version because you want those those uh, the the fusion strike. I'm sorry, that you want the fusion strike uh, energies there because the fusion strike energies on on Genesect power him back up. It's, it's how Spear Tomb. I don't I don't listen to your rules. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, uh, he's going to be hanging out and doing new things. Fusion Strike, uh, which has always been my favorite end of of Mew, anyway, is is just gonna, I think, be the the method of choice, and, and it, as we've all alluded to for the last year, Mew does Mew things. So exactly, I mean, there's not much more to talk about Mew other than Spear Tomb it, doesn't kind of kill it like everybody was maybe hoping or or thinking it would. Um, so if you're a Mew player and you want to play Mew for NIC, just do it because it's the deck's still good. Uh, it still has all the benefits we've seen in the last what year and a half. And every deck, every other deck in the format cannot find space to be competitively viable while com- while containing a Spirit Tomb and a Drapion to just ruin your day. So it it, it is what it is. Your deck, the deck is still going to be sticking around. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Um, so then the last deck we'll talk about, um, and this is something new, um, is, I mean, I guess I, I'm getting a mixed bag of, you know, how popular it may be, but I've heard, um, you know, a lot of people consider bringing it. Um, maybe people think it's still just B tier, but that's Chen Pao. Um, you know, the water deck is back alive. Um, and, you know, of course, we're talking with popular deck. In oh, every right time now. when I am playing on live, like, at least out of every three matches I play, it's a, one of them is against Chen Pao. And it always seems that they get, um, you know, turn two backs caliber up there with the rare candy. Uh, they always get the, um, um, you know, obviously the, the Chen Pao's out there, the, the Palkia of V-Stars. Um, obviously, Greninja's a great play with this deck. Uh, a lot of great water attackers. Um, and it, Obviously, the downside of the deck is, hey, does it set up everything it needs to set up? Um, it needs to get the the Bax Caliber up there. It needs to get energies out there. But obviously, Chen Pao can do that with the Curbaceous Bucket ability, basically. Um, you still have draw power with the um, with the Barrels. It seems like it may be a little too clunky, but it seems like it always gets it, it gets what it needs, at least turn, turn, two, to, turn two to get an attack off. Yeah, I mean, uh, with the combination of powers that it kind of has in the, I mean, we saw it with Palkia in general, like Palkia's in this, uh, so um, that's your V-Star power, getting three energies onto the board quickly um, is is a really good way to, you know, come at somebody, um, you know, turn two for you if you went first or something like that, or... Um, and just the the Irida as well, like the, it's a combination of all the cool water support that we have. Like uh, we lot like one of the big cards we talked about water losing was Capacious Bucket, uh, and we just got it in the form of a Pokemon that actually has a really good attack as well. So yeah, uh, I mean it's the sum of all parts still. And the Irida was always a good card. Uh, it showed you that. Um, it also. The one thing I love about this is why it, it brings up 
back the viability of frost switchers a little bit as well i've seen that in builds i don't know yep. how popular it will be but the viability is for them is there which is one of my favorite cards i mean when you play uh, irida i mean in, in a barrel um you're having draw so if you have one in hand you you can irida for a second one uh to get that cross switcher you can always obviously irida to get the rare candy and the and the the pokemon that you need um so i mean the deck's just good and yeah, and the, the an, a Pokemon and an item is a good combo. We've seen it since Iridus came out. It's a very good combo. It makes decks function. Even uh, even though they're not Inteleons in here, uh, you can still get Bibarel up and running and see cards and have a deck working around it. So, yeah. All right. Well, I think that's a pretty good recap of you know, our first you know week before. Uh, so we still have one more week before NAC to talk about meta. Um, and we definitely will do that next next week. But I think it's time to jump into the middle of our show. It's time, time for trivia, trivia. Trivia. All right, Chuck. I need to redeem myself after last week's poor trivia uh, card of the day for, <laughs> for you. Uh, so I, I did decide to, you know. I got lucky. Try to try. No, lucky. Like you, you pulled it within like a second. Like you, you got it. So um, we're gonna play guess that Pokemon. This, uh, you know, this attack and or ability belongs to. Um, obviously, it is gonna be standard legal. Uh, but I think I stepped up my game a little bit this week. And if you get it within five seconds, I'm gonna be kind of upset. So um, the attack name is Silence. Silence. All right. Well. Not one of the Pokemon I'm looking at for my my question to you. <laughs> uh, Already better. Already better. <laughs> he hasn't got it yet, guys. <laughs> um, silence. This is a new Pokemon. Nope. It's been it's been with us for a little bit. Hmm. All right. Well, I'm gonna. It's got to be silence. Is okay. Bye. Think of it in the terms of traditional attack kind of thing. It's it's not. This would probably be something that like is a fairy attack, but we don't have fairy Pokemon anymore. So that means it's probably a psychic Pokemon, maybe a ghost attack, scariness. Um, it's been with us. It's a Pokemon that's been with us for a little bit. Yes, maybe. Maybe a Ms. Magius or a Bonnet along those lines. Can I get can I get some sort of hint? What do um, I want a hint? We got the stage. Lifeline. Type. Um stage and type are two that I'm willing to give you right now. Stage. Give me a stage. Stage two. Stage two. Okay, that takes out. Both of the ones I was thinking of, Biz Magius and Bennett, are stage ones. Um, stage two. I honestly don't know where this could go. Um, I'll, I'll let you know. The second one is Dark Type. Dark Type. All right. Stage two, Dark Type, Silence. Stage two dark. Okay, stage two dark types. That leaves. Let's go. Let's test my stage two dark type knowledge. 
There's a Grim Snarls. There's Hydragons. There's there I go back to Hydragon. <laughs> uh, yeah, you probably aren't gonna say you aren't gonna give me him again. Oh, so. that would be the ultimate, right? Yeah, that would be you would that would get me good. Um, so the only other one I can think of is Grimmsnarl, which is a newer Pokemon. It's a Marnie favorite as well. I know there's more, and I'm blanking on them. So I'm just gonna say Grimmsnarl. I'm probably wrong. But you are wrong. I will give you one last. Um, so I technically are wrong, but I'll give you one last hint. I'll give you the second attack name, and maybe that helps it. Merciless Strike. That is the attack that you would have used this Pokemon for. Merciless Strike. And it's stage two? Yeah. You were really... You were really, really close when you, you know, you were your 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 talk through there. Uh, stage two dark Pokemon that Marnie kind of likes. It's that kind of associated with Marnie somewhat, and that is Galarian Obstagoon. Ah, uh, that's Pierce's Pokemon, but yes. yeah, uh, that's right. But I mean, it's related in the fact. So silence. Uh, yeah, you're uh, right. for one dark type energy does thirty damage. Choose one of your opponent's active Pokemon's attack. Uh, during the, your opponent's next turn, that Pokemon can't use that attack. Yes. Good old Obstagoon. Redemption for me. I got you with, you know, something that's related to Marnie. Um, so let's get on to the next portion of this trivia, whereas Jake tries to guess the, the card that it is, describes it to a T, but can't name the name. <laughs> All right. So this week's... Uh, Jake describes a Pokemon. Uh, <laughs> Maybe. Well, we'll see. But <laughs> uh, I will give you um, the... We're going to give you an ability. The name of said ability. And then you have to guess that Pokemon. So uh, this week's ability's name is... Hearsay. No. This one actually has Hearsay. <clears throat> Is there like a? It's an ability. It's not an attack. It is an ability. So I don't know. I will. I will give you all of it. Type, stage, and uh, I'll give you an attack. It sounds like it, it could be. I don't know why Meloetta is like jumping in my obviously not the fusion strike one, but I feel like there's another one, but I don't think that would have been the an ability. Um yeah, can you give me what's uh what stage it is? It is a stage one Pokemon. All right, well it takes Meloetta off the table. Um maybe Mr. Rhyme, maybe. Obviously, it's not Mr. Mime. He doesn't talk, but you're saying ability. Stage one. Um, can I have the type? There's a uh, colorless Pokemon. In the so, like, originally was thinking maybe colorless. Stage one colorless Pokemon. 
um it's not licky like licky but um maybe it's what's chancy's evolution right now that's um that's um blissy right blissy so is it blissy Um, I, I obviously this is not a Pokemon that we've seen really meta relevant, correct? No, it is. A, it has not ever been meta relevant yet. Blissey is a stage two of of Chansey, right? Uh, Blissey is the stage one of Chansey. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. So I, I, I. That's my guess. That is is Blissey. Uh, Blissey is incorrect. Dang it. <laughs> Uh, this Pokemon, his name is Pelipper. It's from Paldea Evolved. No! The new bird that will fetch you a supporter. Why didn't I get that? That makes so much sense. Like, no. Uh, Actually, I think that... Yeah, sorry. Read, read it. When you play this Pokemon from your hand to evolve one of your Pokemon during your turn, you may choose one. A put a supporter card from your discard pile into your hand, or search your deck for a supporter card, reveal it, put it in your hand, and then shuffle your deck. So get you a supporter card from your. So you really discard. threw me off at the end when I said, "Is it meta relevant?" And you said no because, like, I still feel like it definitely can be. You're I, like, I it's never. Yeah. You yeah, you said no. It's never seen meta relevancy because the card's yes. technically not out yet, or maybe just now. But it's like, um, oh, I still should have got that. Dang it. Uh, it. Oh, well. I have seen it already be pretty good at GLC, but hey, that's uh, GLC, not, not what we usually talk about. But hey, it, it could be meta-relevant in the future. I uh, just don't know yet. Right. Okay. Well, no, that was a good one. I think it was overall good. Uh, hopefully, you know, our listeners got to um, uh, both get our, ours correctly I, and make us feel dumb. Yeah, I feel like there's a, a listener out there for both of us. There's a, probably someone out there that was like, yeah. oh, that's optimal right away. And then yeah. there was a person out there that was like, that's Pelipper. As soon as the, the ability was read and they're both screaming at us while right. we were stumbling through. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's Gumi for sure. <laughs> but uh, all right. Um, let's go on to our uh, next segment. And that would be who will win. I think this one's going to be a good one today. Um, this one actually... Um, my son helped me with this one because I was like, who should I pick this time? Um, so I got two banger of Pokemons for you. And it's not just the Pokemon. It's that trainer's Pokemon. So the first Pokemon I got is Leon's Charizard. Okay. And the second one I got is Cynthia's Garchomp. Oh. Oh. <laughs> uh, oh. All right, real quick. Does Leon's Charizard get the Dynamax and does Cynthia get a Mega Evolution? No. Didn't she do that? No, we're just talking basics. Just basic. No extra, oh, yeah, yeah. No just, extracurricular activities. No extracurricular activities, just their Pokemon. Jeez, that's a tough one. Um, But I'm going to put it in... I'm gonna put it in the land shark's favor. I'm gonna go with yeah. Cynthia's Garchomp. Uh and that's partly because Cynthia <laughs> Cynthia 
uh, I think. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm a fan of guard Trump. Uh, Cynthia is pretty good trainer as well. Leanne obviously was a really good trainer as well. Uh, I think they were both so, considered like the best. Yeah, I mean, if you watch the the end of the po Ash's journey on Pokemon uh, Journeys, um, or whatever they called it, you know, at the end when they did the the, the coordination series, uh, they both were in there as like top top dogs. Um, and you know, I mean, I, I like I I was hoping to fight on Cynthia's side, but um, you know, I, I'll go on Leon's side here. Um, and, and although I think in the video games, the Garchomp, Cynthia's Garchomp's probably the hardest Pokemon to beat in the video games, um, just based off of, you know, the Elite Four and everything. I think Leon was easier to beat in the video games, but in the TV show or in the canon, like, universe of Pokemon, um, Leon was just a better trainer overall. He was more accomplished, undefeated, um, was just great. Um, and the Charizard was the backbone of his team. Um, and you know, he won him so many more battles and like head to head. I think Charizard just um destroys uh Landshark. I mean, not destroys, I think it's a close battle, uh, both ways. But I feel Charizard just takes out just a little bit of a squeaking, uh, uh, squeaks out the, the advantage to take the dub. This is like the hardest one for me to pick. It's such a push. Um, I don't, you already are on team Cynthia, you've already made me fight for Leon. So you do not wish you watched now, now. Fight for Cindy. No, <laughs> uh, I I just don't. I don't like. I can't think of overwhelmingly good points in in Cynthia's favor. But Cynthia is a great trainer as well. Uh, obviously, well decorated. Garchomp is a very formidable Pokemon, and even like battling wise, I think they would be. Not even like one's weak to the other. I mean, that's just like a hard battle in general. Yeah. The pick. Yeah. But I'm I'm I will say Garchomp in general, but that whole line, Gibble, Gabite is a more of a, a favorite for me. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put my faith in Cynthia and Garchomp. I mean, I can't fault you. Uh both like I said, both are really good. Um I would love to see what, uh, you know, our chat has to say um, on this poll uh, for the week, because I think this is probably the closest one we've had. Yeah. And Brody, high five. He's got to pick them all. <laughs> <laughs> well, then he's then. No, because like after that, after he had that banger of a pick, he's like, oh, I want to change it. And then he said um, it was something like it was uh, it was Gardevoir versus Krabby. I'm like, that's not even close. <laughs> Come on. But uh, <laughs> So, I mean, the first one was it was the good pick. Yeah, no, that that is a that is a a really good pick on that one. So good, good. Who will win? We'll leave it to the chat as always. Let us know. Do you are you on uh, Leon's Charizard or Cynthia's Garchomp? Let us know who will win. Alrighty, so now, yeah, now I think it's time to. Uh, hear from our sponsors and uh, get into the ad portion. The Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast is brought to you by Sports Car Junction. Located in the North Hills of Pittsburgh, Sports Car Junction is a one-stop shop for players and collectors with a wide variety of singles, supplies, packs, and boxes 
available in-store and online at sportscarjunction.com. And don't forget to check out our weekly league Thursdays at 6.30. And we are back. Thank you again, Sports Car Junction, and for being a great sponsor. And it is now um, time for the news. And we'll lead off the news because Sports Car Junction has let us be able to do another giveaway, which we ran over on Twitter. Um, and it is now time to announce that winner uh, before so... before we do though i just want to say thank you to everybody uh in the twitter community um got a huge response uh kind of overwhelming on how many people um you know you know responded and interacted with our tweet and it was very much appreciated uh you know the love you sent us uh, that way i think you know at least for the next couple months we will keep it on twitter um going forward so you know just keep an eye out uh ear out for that um going going uh into the next further months and we will be sure to announce them here. You'll see them on Twitter. But like you said, keep keep a lookout uh, uh, for it. But without further ado, uh, let's announce this this uh, month's giveaway. The winner is uh, Menno IU. Menno IU or Menu Men Menno Menu. Menu. Uh, Menu. So Menu. He has he has a uh, it's at Mark L M Mark L Menno. So that's that's the Twitter handle. Uh, it's I probably a play on the words of Raikou because that is one his banner picture. So mm -hmm. uh, in his his name of some sort. So Meno you you are this month's winner. You will have a ETB uh sent to you free cards. Um just be on the lookout for the Twitter DM. Yep. Yeah, I'll that. be DMing you. Uh, all we need is you know your your address, and we'll be sending those off to you. Um, so congratulations on the on the on the win. Um, and then uh, for next month, you know, just, just keep a lookout on on Twitter again and we'll do another one next month. Yep. Now, with the rest of the news, uh, we have two more quick uh, two more announcements, just a, a product announcement and a, a podcast announcement kind of thing. Yeah. So product announcement is Pokemon uh, did let us all know that we will have the opportunity to get trick or trade booster packs for this year at Halloween, um, just like everything else, Pokemon price went up five dollars, but you get ten more packs. So for a bag of fifty booster packs, you get uh, for twenty bucks. And uh, I have no word on the cards yet, but uh, it should be fun Halloween themed cards as right. as well. Right. So anyone who gave those out for Halloween candy instead of candy, you get to do it again. I look forward to doing it possibly. Yeah, I mean, uh, where I currently live, I'm not able to really do, like, handouts because I'm on, like, a major road. But um, with the potential move on the horizon, like, that would be kind of a cool thing to, you know, give out to the new kids, depending on where, it, you know, when and if I do move. Yes, uh, for me, I get too many kids. But uh, <laughs> I might have, uh, I gave them out, uh, I had them to give out to at League Nights. So I'll probably get some and give them out again. That way, um, just handing them out there. And if I see uh, anyone dressed up as Pokemon characters, they'll definitely get some for Halloween. 100%. So, 100%. All right. Um, and for the second announcement, uh, pertaining to me and you, and uh, our favorite, one of our favorite guests and friend of the podcast, uh, this Friday at roughly 5, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 
three or four hours earlier than that for those Pacificers. Yes. We, three. as in me and Jake, will be teaming up with Megumi, Gumi Gumi, on her stream to uh, do another pack battle with yes. punishment. Yes. Like, if you have not watched, um, we do a point system on our, our polls. Uh, so every three packs, like I'll open three, Chuck will open three, Gumi will open three. Um, whoever has the most amount of points is safe from punishment in that little t- segment. Um, you know, we have different punishments uh, for the losers of those rounds, uh, ranging from just eating uh, wasabi live, eating, eating a card, um, something sour, um, doing squats while the others open packs, which definitely can add up through the rest mm-hmm. of like just the pain. I've never had so much pain after like a, just a card opening um, in the past. So. We, yeah, yeah. Friday is a good day because I've had <laughs> struggles walking the next day, depending on how many <laughs> watch you have to do. Uh, yes, this is the if you have not watched, uh, tune in. They are a world of fun. Uh, you one you get to see Pokemon openings and fun, and then you get to vote on what kind of crazy shenanigans that we will do as a form of punishment, um, eating things. Drinking things, squattings, all kinds of fun stuff. Hundred percent. So, so yeah, tune in. And if you have not watched, and you if you know you know you haven't seen or heard of Gumi, uh, we'll have her um, links to her Twitter page on this week's episode to the podcast. Yes, we will. All right, and that's gonna sum it up for news. So time to get into the meat of the episode. Now, I don't know if it's really meat of the episode. I think this is just uh, the last topic. And, you know, we're going to do this in a two segment leading up into NAIC. Um, so we have an appetizer for next week. Yes, appetizers <laughs> for next week. So uh, we are going to do a draft like we did, um, you know, for last year's NAIC and EYC, I think it was, um, where we're going to draft, I think, maybe five players. And uh, depending on, you know, who does better in our draft, the the other one of us will be punished uh, via having to play some kind of horrible card at our next local event or there about then. Um, but, but, but leading into our draft, uh, that will be next week. Uh, this week, we're going to do NAIC predictions. Um, so there's a bevy of different, um, you know, categories we want to talk about. And we're going to write this down so we can also see who had the better predictions uh, for this year's NAIC. Okay. All right. So uh, we're going to just start it off with the the big hitter. Um, who wins NAIC? And this is player, not deck. Uh, do I get to pick first? I will give you first pick. Because right, like these it. are predictions. This is not draft. We can both pick the same thing. Oh, okay. I'm going to go with the safest bet that you can say in ICs. Uh, Tor Reklef. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> if you're forcing me to pick one person, that's who I'm going to say. Um, one, uh, he has proven track record in tournaments in the beginning of sets. I've seen him do well in that. Uh, he took Gardevoir to a win. Uh, second place. At the release of, second place. Well, second place. Took took Gardevoir to the finals at the release of Scarlet and Violet. Um, Gardevoir may be coming back around, so maybe he's got some new spice. I don't know, but I feel good about that. I mean, I could name like four other people I think could win, but that's right. I'm going to go with that. 
Um, okay, so I mean, towards a good pick, I can't say you know enough about it. He won me um, one of our um, you know our our last our draft because uh, Tord ended up winning that. Uh, I think it was it was it USC um, that he won. No, it was it was LAIC the last time we did draft, and he won it for me. Um, yeah. So um, I can't really fault you, but I for some reason feel like the you know the next closest person to a safe bet. Um, with a very you know respectable two IC wins, and that would be Azul GG. Yeah, I feel I like mean, he has. Player. So this will kind of lead into my, um, you know, into the next one, which will be next, uh, or the or what deck will win. Um, and I feel like just based off of the testing and what we kind of talked about with, um, you know, NAIC and what decks feel good i think lost box generally is in a really good spot and i think that he will recognize that uh him and his team obviously um and won't really even have to hide it and it just will just bring you know lost box to its glory which i'm kind of giving away what i'm going to pick for the next uh you know the next deck that's going to win uh but that I, i'm thinking he's going to win with a lost box variant okay i, I mean it's a solid He's a solid pick. Um, he's uh, the I think he's the reigning NAIC champion. So uh, yes, he won it last back. year with RCS Pikachu. Um, and back to back, yeah, on that one. So, um, man, it's it's a solid way to go. I mean, but there's tons of other people, which we will probably get into more of those names when we're trying to draft them for a team, right? So, so the second question, and I already kind of answered it, but. What deck wins NAIC? So is that your answer then? We'll just Lost say you're, you're saying Lost Box yeah, is your Azul answer. with okay. Lost Box. Um, I'm going to go... I'm a huge Lost Box fan, but I am not going to pick that. I don't think it's going to win. I am going to go with actually... A Gardevoir. I, I had a feeling you were saying Gardevoir, and it's a solid deck. It's just like we said that we've seen Gardevoir being able to take Lost Box down when people say, "Oh, Gardevoir is just an auto loss." But part of me, like, so Gardevoir, uh, Gardevoir is very powerful in the hands of powerful, like well experienced players, and NAIC really drives home, really brings out. The cream of the crop when it comes to players and everything like that. I think a lot of people uh, might rest on the decision that Gardevoir gives them the best chance to win. So I think on that, I think it's going to have a very good showing. And if it can get into the top eight, I can think it take it can take the whole whole tournament, no matter who may be piloting it. Um, I really wanted to pick like a dark horse up the brand. I really want to pick Chen Pao as like dark horse brand new, but I think yeah. it's going to be a guardable pick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, still solid pick for sure. All right. So next topic is what deck do you, do you think will have the lion's share or the top, um, you know, percentage of play in day one meta? That's where I think Lost Box takes the cake. I think they will have the highest percentage, not by like this isn't going to be Lugia numbers, like 30% of the meta, 
but I think they're going to be the ones closest to 20%. Somewhere um, in like 17, 18. So I would normally say, yeah, I kind of agree with you. Um, but um, the perception, again, with some of the people uh, in the community uh, with Iono versus Lost Box, I feel like people are still going to kind of be off of it, even though maybe they shouldn't be. Um so that being said, I actually think that um, that like a Arceus, like Arceus Tina will kind of nah. That's that's hard. That's Arceus Tina maybe not. Um, it's it's hard. I think Gardevoir probably because that's another deck um, that that people are really high on because of what I've kind of already stated above when we were talking about that with cards that came back. Uh, so we have, um, again, the reversal energy. We got the super rod. We got Ionos. There are people that are still wanting to play Drifloom with, uh, with like, damage modifiers there uh, to be able to take big knockouts. Um, so I think I think the stock is a little higher on Gardevoir generally. Um, so it's a hard one because I think still... Um, you're still going to see a lot of you're still going to see Tina's out there. I think you're still going to see Lost Box out there, but I think Gardevoir um, is probably the pick that for the the most amount in day one. So I'm going to add a little bit of like statistics to this because I just went to the Limitless real quick and I'm just looking at the Paldea Evolved format in general. What what is like the meta shares of everything so far? And Chen Pao is the most popular deck being played now i don't think that's going to translate into chen pao being the most popular deck at naic that's just um the it's the newest deck in paldea evolved so that's why it's probably the most popular thing yeah but coming in at number two is gardevoir so um you uh, the statistical side you have a very solid shot i think with that with that pick lost Bo- lost box is number three and it really depends on how many of the variants that they throw out of Lost Box that they throw into that as well? Uh, right. There's Giratina Lost Box, there's Sablezard, there's other Turbo, Lost there's Box. The Ogre, there's, yeah, yeah, they're just a bevy yeah. of different so options. It, it really depends. I mean, there's also more versions of uh, Gardevoir as well. Uh, so depending on how they, they, they break down day ones. But I think uh, you're, you're a solid pick with the Gardevoir, even looking at it statistically. Right. All right, so next one will be what deck will have the best conversion rate from day one to day two? I, I'm i going to go off with the random pick. Not random. I'm going to say this. It's, I think it's going to be Movie Max. Best conversion. Hmm. Going to have a low lower amount played. People who play it are probably been playing it since I don't know, a year ago. Uh, and uh, it's just, they're going to do well with it. They're going to make, they're going to get into day two. And then I, you're, I think you're going to see at least one of them in the cut. So Ooh, I is, don't disagree that, with maybe seeing one in the cut. I, I do not think it will have the best conversion rate from day one to day two. I think that that is lost box. I think a lot of the top players um, will be on, some kind of lost box because you know that it is a higher skill cap deck. Um, you'll see less percentage of it um 
you know, being played by quote unquote bad players. Um, so you'll see a, a pretty good conversion rate there um, because of that. So I think because um, more of just like the top players are feel comfortable with that and it's just a really solid deck overall, um, I think Lost Box is the one that, that makes the best uh, conversion rate there. Okay. Valid, valid point. All right. So then the next one, I guess, is um, not necessarily, um, you know, best deck or anything like that. But what deck, um, if any, um, do you think will be kind of like the talk of the tournament? So like the last one we had, uh, Dark Rai made a huge run and got into top eight. Um, nobody saw that kind of coming. Uh, do you feel like you'll see a deck like that? Um, and if so, which one would that be? Uh, I so I'm gonna pick a dark horse, and the thing that I think will be the talk of the tournament, something that do does well. I don't necessarily think it's gonna make top eight, but I think it it might do well, and you might see it on stream. I'm gonna throw Ting Lu out there. I think someone's gonna be able to turn off people, people's abilities, and they're gonna they're gonna get the win the the matchups or something like the matchup roulette, and 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 uh become the talk of the day as doing much better than they thought they would. Right. And this is like the first one actually, and we did not talk about this before, but this is the first one I actually agree. Um, I think that champ house getting the majority of, you know, eyes on it from, you know, like you just said, is the number one deck on limitless since it's come out. Um, and although I think people do respect what it can do overall, the sentiment is, that it's clunky, it can't set up, it can't accelerate energies fast enough, especially to that second one. Um, I feel like somebody will just run hot and be able to do what it wants to do. It will ultimately probably falter somewhere into day two, um, but like I think somebody will run hot with it and and make a deep run, and people will be talking about it. Yeah, I, I think Chip Powell is a little bit more respected. So it almost be kind of ex, not expected, but um, not as surprising as uh, as people might have thought. Like going into uh, a big tournament that Maridon was very big out of, like Scarlet and Violet, because um, that was even that felt a little bit more high rolly than even Chen Pao does at the moment. Mm. It feels like a solid deck. It just has a lot of pieces that you need to get going. Um, so yeah, I feel like if that won't be necessarily the huge talk, I think it's going to be something out of left field, like the, the Tinglu, um, right. that no one, it, it's one of those legendaries that no one really gave a big, big light of day to, uh, and, and it'll make a big showing. 100%. All right. One more. Um, and I know I'm invested in this one too. Let's see if, uh, we'll get this. So, um, will I, Jake? Uh, finally make a day two. I've been so close so many times, um, you know, within a game. Um, do I finally break through and make day two? Uh, you you won't hurt my feelings if you say no. No, oh, I'm going to say yes. I'm a firm believer in yes. 100% uh, money in the bank, as they say. Right. Uh, well, I appreciate the love there. Um as I am confident in my game overall, I'm confident in the matchup spreads. Um, you know, history is still shown that I keep missing uh, and missing, but very close. I think I do, but I do think 
I have a very good shot. I, I to to get to day two, um, in you know with you know whatever deck I'm playing, I have a couple ideas. Like I said, um, I know the matchup spreads that I just really gotta to really get the the algorithm algorithm down and know what to do in every situation in those. I feel like I'm pretty close in all those matchups. Again, it comes down to consistency, and you know I'm you know really big on the consistency early. Um, late and mid game so whatever deck i feel that gives me the best chance i'll play and i feel like you know i i have a pretty good shot i i i think you do too so that's why i said yes well much love your way my friend <laughs> hey, all right i got some quick hitters real quick i okay. thought of some quick, quick quick hitters so a lot of these decks that we talked about earlier have like variants on them so I wanted to add, I'm just going to ask which which variant do you think will be uh, the more popular? Okay. So I have three or four here. So with Lugia, so single strike variant is is uh, the thing. So is it Urshifu or is it Duraladon? Do we think they might sneak that in? Who's going to be more popular? So I, I think... That it almost feels like Duraludon might have its time to shine, but I think the majority of people are still going to be on Urshifu. I think if you're playing that, I, I don't know. But again, if you, because of the Wither meta is, and there's not a lot of like tank Pokemon, um, you're not really seeing now. Um, uh, uh, what's the, what's Gudra? Gudra. Um, so you're not seeing that. You're not. You're perceived not going to see a lot of Arcdura. Uh, so there's less reasons to have to um to have the Urshifu out there as a Lugia player. So because of that, I think Dura does have the time to shine. It probably is the correct play, but I say um that that uh that single strike Urshifu is still the majority play. Okay. So now uh moving on. Uh Gardevoirs. Um there's a couple there's two different I think this is an easy one, but is it is it have Mewtwo or no Mewtwo? Mewtwo's Mewtwo trash. or no two? Mewtwo, no two. It's no two. Mewtwo is trash in the deck. It makes the deck way less consistent. And if you want to win with Gardevoir, it needs to be consistent. And you not you don't need to have that clunkiness to the deck. You already have enough tough decisions with sequencing. Don't add more to it. It doesn't help anything, really. I think the matchups you win. It's just maybe a win more card for that much more clunkiness. So it actually is kind of like a net even. So no, no, no two. All right. Same, same vein, but I'm going to ask it a little differently. The best performing lost box deck. No ogre or Kyogre. Kyogre. Okay. Uh, that's all I really got. I was going to say Fusion Mew or DTE Mew, but I think that DTE Mew is... Uh, yeah, Fusion Mew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's all I got. So. All right, so we'll see after NIC. We'll come back to these and relive uh, our predictions, see how you know how how right we were, how wrong we were. Um, you know, Chuck and I are pretty opinionated, um, so we'll see. Yeah, look forward to it. And uh, so we will see you all uh, next week. Um, thank you everybody for hanging out to the end um, and we'll talk to you guys next week thanks again for listening to the Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast uh, if, 
As always, if you could do us and future listeners a favor and leave us a like, a rating, or a review on whatever your podcast platform of choice is, it goes a long way to helping out the pod. Plus, Jake, where can you reach us directly? Yeah, you can get me at Panucks1 on Twitter, as well as Chuck at WatchWimsy. You can also reach us on Twitter for the whole Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast at PitPokeyPod. Thanks again, guys and gals. We'll see you all next time. See you later.